Welcome to our Hackle Podcast, episode 19 in this series, Classic Take, where we will take a classic concept of Mashiach and try to delve into it a little bit deeper. Question that needs to be addressed is if exile is a punishment. Is a state of exile merely a punishment, a way of getting rid of our sins, or is there something deeper to exile? So in the previous episode, we discussed the reason for the length of exile, and we discussed that the purpose of exile is not just a punishment, but it's really a purification, a rectification, it's a refinement process, in order that we should be ready for the future redemption. So if we could rephrase the idea of a punishment, if somebody does a sin, and somebody does something wrong, so there's, you could give him a punishment for his actions, you're just taking revenge at him or just paying him back what is due to him for his negative actions. Or, on a deeper way, the point that you're trying to accomplish is that not just to punish him for what he did, but that he shouldn't sin again in the future. So according to this understanding, the uh, from this perspective, the uh, when you, a punishment or something, a re- rehabilitation as it's called today, where the purpose is not to just punish the person for what he did, but to change him, to transform him, to make him a better person that he shouldn't even come to sin in the future is, is much more than just a punishment. So on the surface it's understood the purpose of exile is not just a punishment. In other words, people think, okay, we had the Beis HaMikdash, Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, we came to Yisrael, He built the Beis HaMikdash, and we sinned, so we were thrown into exile, and when we do tshuva, so what's going to happen is we're going to just, you know, we're going to take away the sins, when the sins are taken away, so we automatically we are eligible to return back to Eretz Yisrael, we're going to be able to return to our former state. So in the meantime, you had sins, you had something uh, negative mixed in, and we were punished, and now we're back to normal. So from that understanding, the exile is just a way of getting rid of interference, getting rid of the sins that interfered with our blissful state in the land of Israel, with the Beis HaMikdash, and once those sins are removed, we're able to return to Eretz Yisrael. We're able to once again return to our previous state. But as mentioned, that's that's a very basic, limited understanding of exile. Exile is much deeper than that, even from the level of Pshat, even when you look at it without getting into Kabbalah and Chassidus, just on the you know revealed aspect of Tate, it's clear that exile is not just a punishment, but exile is a refinement process in order to prepare the Jewish people that they shouldn't sin at all, they should be ready for the redemption. In this light, in this vein, a lot of sources compare this exile to the first exile that the Jewish people ever experienced, which is Golos Mitzrayim. Golos Mitzrayim, the exile of Egypt, the question could also be asked, what did the Jewish people do wrong that they deserved to be put in exile, to be in such terrible slavery and such terrible hardships and persecution for 210 years? And there are very various answers and approaches that are given to this. You know, there's there's the idea that, that Avram of Avram you know, told the Abishter, you know, how will I know that I, I will inherit Eretz Yisrael? And the Abishter said, because he said that his children will be in exile for 400 years. There are certain, you know, things that were, were, weren't perfect that are brought down as a reason for the exile, but on a very level, basic level, level of pshat. Pshutei Shomikra, for a five-year-old child who starts learning Chumash, he doesn't see any sins that the Jewish people themselves did, that they would be deserving of such an exile. And therefore, although there are some explanations which explain there was some type of element of sin, that Avram 
did something which wasn't perfect or whatever it might be, but in essence, the Pasuk itself explains that the experience of the Jewish people in exile of Egypt wasn't just merely a punishment. The Pasuk describes it as Kur HaBarzel. Kur HaBarzel is basically a melting pot, which uh, in the context that the Pasuk is talking about, it means that when you want to refine a metal, you want to refine gold or silver, so the gold or silver, when you get it out of the earth, it's mixed with many impurities, and you have to melt it, you have to heat it up in this melting pot, and through that you're able to separate the imperfections from the gold, from the silver, from any other precious metal, and the metal is able to become completely pure. So similarly, the Torah describes the experience of the Jewish people in Egypt as a kud habarzel, as a melting pot, it was it was a rec- it was a refinement process. It wasn't necessarily due to a sin, but it was a spiritual refinement process to prepare the Jewish people and the world at large to receive for, for to be able to receive the Torah by Mount by Har Sinai, and that consequently all the Torah mitzvahs that the Jewish people do should be able to affect the world. When we do a mitzvah, we should be able to draw holiness down into the world because the world was refined through the hardships the Jewish people re- were refined, and as a result, the world around them was also refined due to the exile in Egypt. Similarly, the exile uh, that we're currently in is actually pre-told, foretold. In other words, in the Chumash, if you open up the beginning of Parshas Bereshis in the Medrash, it discusses how in the beginning of the creation of the world, it says, The world was desolate and empty, there was darkness in the face of the abyss, and the sages in the Medish explain that this refers to the four exiles. Then it says the spirit of Hashem is hovering over the water of which the sages explain to be a reference to the spirit of Mashiach, which the Abishter, which is Mashiach will have the as the Pasik says, Hashem, Hashem, the spirit of Hashem will rest on him to be able to fulfill the mission for which Hashem created the world in the first place. So the, in other words, the Titus in those first opening verses of Bereshis, the Torah is describing the whole creation, the whole history, how the world is desolate and there's and darkness and the, on the face of the abyss, which our sages explain each word to be referring to one of the f- four different primary exiles, the Egyptian exile, Babylonian exile, the Greek exile, the Roman exile, which we're currently in, which is known as Golos Edom. And then all this is ultimately to lead to the Vruach HaLekim HaRachefes HaPnei to the spirit of Hashem, the revelation of godliness which will become revealed in this world in the time of redemption afterwards. So in other words, even before the Jewish people sinned, before even Adam sinned, the Torah is already alluding to the exiles. So which means Avram Avinu also and, the, and our ancestors, no, Avram, Mitzvah, and Avram and Yaakov, they prophetically saw the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash once, a second time. They saw that there will be a number of exiles. And the question obviously is, if the exile is based upon sin, so the Jewish people didn't sin yet, so why was there the decree of exile? So obviously in a very simple level, we could say Hashem knows the future, He knows the Jewish people will sin, so He decreed exile. But on a deeper level, it's, it's explained that from the beginning of the world, it was already, so to say, programmed, Abishur decreed exile, because exile is, isn't just for as a punishment of sin. Exile is part of the plan, which we won't understand why it's absolutely necessary until Mashiach comes, but it's part of the plan of creation that there should be a existence of exile, because exile has a certain refinement, uh, it's a certain tool for refinement, for refining the world. And again, as I mentioned in the previous episode, we're not trying to justify exile, we're just trying to discuss 
the inner workings of exile. And until Mashiach comes, we truly do not understand why exile is necessary. And only when Mashiach will come, we, it says that then we, Hashem will explain to us what was going on, and we'll, we will be able to say, Hashem We will then be able to thank Hashem for exile. At this point, the Rebbe says, there's no way a person could understand any right, ju- proper justification. Whatever explanation you could give, you could always counter it with a basic question that Hashem is is all-powerful. If you really wanted to, you could have found another way of rectifying the Jewish people, of refining them, instead of going through such a harsh exile. But either way, the point is that exile is inherently is not just a punishment for sin, it's a refinement process. It's, or it's, I mean, the refinement process is a very limited way of explaining it. There's obviously, there's a whole plan of creation that it was necessary for there to be exile to lead into redemption. And therefore, exile is not just a punishment for sin, it's a refinement process. This also leads us a very important perspective, which sometimes we don't we don't put our finger on it properly, which is that we speak about that Rebbe made it very clear that our mission now is to prepare for the coming of Mashiach. And part of this understanding that our mission is to prepare for the coming of Mashiach is also to have the proper perspective of exile. Because for many people, they look at it, okay, we sinned, we did something wrong, so we have to rectify our sins. As we say in the we're exiled because of our sins, so we have to rectify the sins, particularly, let's say, the sin of sinas chinam, the sin of, you know, uh, that says during the Second Temple, the reason why it was destroyed, because there was baseless hatred, different things that we did wrong, which we have to rectify in order to bring Mashiach. That is obviously 100% true. But somebody could get the notion that the exile is just, you know, a phase that we ourselves caused, and our goal is to try to revert back to the way we were before. However, Chassidus explains to us that exile also has, it's not just a way of rectifying the past, so we could go back to the way we were then, but exile is a means of preparing for the future. The exile, even though it seems to be completely opposite of redemption, it's the complete opposite of Gula, it's it's every single thing that happens in exile is... is you know, is, is represents something which is, seems to be totally the opposite of redemption, but from its inner workings, the purpose of exile is really to, really to prepare us for the redemption. So when we look at it from that perspective, it changes our whole focus. Instead of just focusing on getting rid of our sins and sur meirah, or even doing mitzvahs in order to bring Mashiach, it also makes us realize that we have to start adapting a gula mindset. We have to start adapting and preparing ourselves for the future, for the mindset of the future. It's not just a matter of getting rid of something wrong in order that we could go back to normal. The whole Golos was there much more than just to, re- to punish us or to refine us as a result of sin, but inherently Golos is a way of preparing for the future. That's why we're so to say programmed within the creation of the world, although obviously, as we all know, that and it was, it was ultimately it was up to the Jewish people's free choice. If they wouldn't have sinned, they wouldn't have gone into exile. But nevertheless, once they did sin and they went into exile, it, it becomes apparent that this was, in a certain sense, inherently part of the plan all along. So there's an element over here to exile, which not only isn't the punishment for sin, not only isn't just a refinement process to remove the possibility of sin, but it's really ultimately the ultimate purpose of exile is the preparation for the future. Now, Chassidus discusses this concept. It's a very new concept to some degree because, you know, people understand that Golos 
as a punishment. People could even understand that Golos is a refinement process. But it's very hard to understand that Golos is a preparation for the future. I mean, Golos seems we're, we're so persecuted in Golos. You know, it's how, how is it possible to say that Golos is a preparation for the future? So there's an analogy that is discussed at length in Chassidus, which highlights different aspects of Golos from the from 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 the from the perspective of Chassidus, illuminated with the light of Chassidus, which sheds light on a number of components of exile. The Medrash compares the time of Golos to a time of sleep. Now, during sleep, there are two, there are a number of things that happen when a person is asleep, but primarily, Chassidus highlights two things. First of all, it says during sleep, the body is able to detox. The body is able to get rid of different things that got stored up in the body during the day, also not only physically, but also mentally, emotionally. Chassidus discusses that the idea of dreams is a person has so many thoughts during the day, the way the body, so to say, tries to tangle itself from all of that. It's through, you know, getting these thoughts and, and letting them run loose in dreams. And But either way, the, 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 the sleep is a way of the body getting rid of the negative things that it got during the day and to get refreshed for the next day. Now what happens is that on one hand, when a person is asleep, his function is down to his, in other words, his his intellectual functions, his emotional functions is down to a bare minimum. And when a person is sleeping, even in his dreams, there's some form of emotion taking place. But he's completely, you can't compare his state of emotional and intellectual uh, functioning to the way that he, he's awake. So primarily what's going on during the sleep, what really becomes alive then are the lower parts of the body. You know, digestive system to some degree starts working during the sleep. The body is cleaning itself up from the toxins. Person's dreams, his imaginary part of his brain takes over. On the one hand, his, his, his higher functions are, are, are at, a, at, at a very big low. However, there's a very important part over here that the body should get refreshed, or the body to get refreshed. So the physicality of the body, the person needs to sleep, he needs that his physical, you know, his physical engine should be recharged. So that's a very important thing. So inherently, one aspect of sleep, which has a spiritual counterpart in exile, is the fact that during exile, the world, the spirituality of God, the spiritual Level, you know, revelation of godliness in this world is on a very bare minimum, to say the least. However, so what happens at this point? All the ugliness of the world, all the coarseness of the world, so to say, comes very strongly apparent. So during the time of exile, we're able to deal and to elevate and to refine the lowliest parts of creation, which wouldn't have been possible at a time when godliness was in a re- revealed, shining in a revealed way, because these lowly parts of creation would be hiding in their own hole. They wouldn't come out to the surface. In the time of exile, we're able, there's, we know there's, there's, we're able to refine the world, particularly because we're refining the world on its lowest, lowest uh, levels. We're able to deal with the lowest levels. And when, when, when you refine the world from the bottom up, all the way from the bottom up, then the refinement is complete. If you only deal with the more refined parts of the world, those more those coarse parts of the world will never be refined. So this is similar to the body. Just like when a person sleeps, the body gets rid of the toxins, gets rid of the waste. Similarly, when a person in the time of exile, we're able to, we, 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 we encounter the ugliness of the world and we refine it, we get rid of it. There's another aspect over here which is much more subtle and you know harder to 
really fully comprehend, but Chassidus explains like this. A person wakes up in the morning, his mind is refreshed, his, 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 he's able to think clearly, his emotions are you know, much more, he's back to himself, so to say. If the day before he was in a bad mood, he wakes up, he's refreshed, his, his emotions of love and fear are able to take on the world with, you know, in a better way, with a more focus, with a, more, a much healthier direction. What happened? So, from one hand, you could say the body got refreshed, you know, so the person's brain got refreshed, so the person's mind is, you know, is able to think clear and so on and so forth. But Chassidah says it's not just about the body becoming refreshed. Chassidah says that a person, all the person's cognitive capabilities, his intellect, his emotions, when he falls asleep, what happens to them? So they don't just disappear, they don't just go up to, you know, some place and, 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 and disappear. Chassidah says they ascend to their source. The essence of the soul is the place where all, which is, contains, from which emanates all these parts, all these different faculties. When a person sleeps, these faculties, a person's faculties go up to their source, to the inner part of the soul. So what happens is for the person himself, what hap- he, he's in a state of exile, so to say. He doesn't, he doesn't understand, he doesn't feel, he can't see. He's, you know, he could really, he could hardly hear. I mean, he could be woken up if he hears a loud noise, but his, 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 his faculty of hearing is, is, at a, is, at, is, is at a complete minimum. So all his faculties from his perspective are gone, but really from inner perspective, they're not gone. On the, on the contrary, they're going to a higher source and they're getting refreshed. They're going back to their source. They're recharging their batteries. So in the morning when the person wakens, not only his body is refreshed, but the powers of his soul, his understanding, his intellect is also refreshed. Similarly, during the time of Golos, it says that the godly revelations that were apparent in this world, it didn't just disappear. They went up to their source. The Zayar uses the term, God, Hashem went up. In other words, for us in this world below, for us in this world below, so the time of exile is a time of complete darkness. However, the, these revelations go up to their source. In other words, the godly revelations are going back up above. And the purpose of it is that when Mashiach comes, these revelations should be able to be on a much greater way. Within a person also, to, to, to put this in a little bit of a different, uh, dif- different words, we know the, the fact that says that this, the, you know it's brought down the, our sages tell us that during a person's sleep it says his soul goes up and draws life from above. That is why it says by tzaddikim people that are of a more refined nature during their sleep they have dreams where they're told words of Torah and things like that because the soul above is recharging. It's 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 uh, learning Torah above. It's getting refreshed above and therefore when the person wakes up in the morning he now has more energies, his understanding is better. A lot of times a person was learning something, he couldn't figure it out the day before. When he went to sleep, he's able to figure it out the next day. It's not just because his mind is more clear, his brain is working better, but also because spiritually his neshama got recharged above, was able to, it's now able to understand this idea. So the same thing is with exile. In exile, from one hand, it seems to us as a complete darkness. But within this darkness, within this absolute concealment of godly light, What's really happening is that this godly light in its source is shining extremely brightly. It's much, much in, more intense and brighter than it ever was before. The only problem is that it's in its source. It's above. It's in this world. For us, it seems completely dark. So 
during the time of exile, when we do our avoid in the time of exile, when we refine the world in the type of exile, in the time of exile, and we prepare ourselves for the time of Mashiach, so we're we're able to. This is the, so. So what happens is when Mashiach comes, so then we will realize how the whole process of exile was all a preparation, was leading into, was both refining the world, it was also recharging our spiritual energies, the spiritual godliness that was inherent in the world will become revealed in a much more intense way when Mashiach comes, we will realize this was all as a result of the process of Golos. So inherently, based on the perspective of Chassidus, Golos is not just a punishment. Golos is not, not only a refinement process. It's more than a refinement process. It's actually the process that prepares, that leads into Gula. There is more to discuss about this, but maybe, maybe we'll leave it for, for another time. The Abishah should help that we should merit the coming of Mashiach Teka from Yad Mamish. Classic Take is produced by Tudalt's Podcast Productions, producers of the Daily Boost, the Weekly Fabrengen, Power Fabrengen, and Mashiach Mindset Audio. Available on all podcast platforms.